You are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to join us here in this place this morning, and we trust that you have kept your promise and are here with us. May my words now be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask this in your Son, our Savior, Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So I don't want to brag, uh, but I have fiber optic internet at my house. Now, if any of you actually have fiber optic internet in your house, you know that it's actually not anything to brag about. Uh, It still goes out. The computers forget their network connections. We have incessant trouble casting Aya's workouts to the TV. Uh, The internet in general is a frustrating mystery to me. Uh, But one thing we don't have to do anymore, now that we have fiber, is have those little Wi-Fi repeater boxes all over the house. Do you know what I'm talking about? It used to be when we had regular Wi-Fi in the house, if you were close to the source box, the router, your internet was fine. But if you were on the other side of the house, or God forbid, on a different floor and on the other side of the house, it was like you had no internet at all. So you would purchase these little boxes with antennas on them and plug them into outlets, using up all of your outlets, just by the way, and it would theoretically repeat and extend the range of your Wi-Fi having theoretically strong internet in every room of the house. I am a Wi-Fi repeater box. So are you. Now, I'm paid to do it, but we're all called to do it. Listen to Jesus in Matthew 23. The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach and follow it. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. They make their phylacteries broad, their fringes long. They love to have a place of honor, and so on, and so on. And then he says, you are not to be called rabbi. You have one teacher. You are all students. And call no one your father on earth. You have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. Jesus here is reminding the people and us who their real teacher is. Is it the scribes and Pharisees? Well, kind of, sometimes, but only to the extent that they simply repeat, like that Wi-Fi repeater box, what the law of God says. As soon as they start adding to it or changing it, they need to be ignored. This is what Jesus means when he says that they sit on Moses' seat. Moses was the conduit by which God's law came into the world. In fact, you see Moses' name used as a placeholder for God's law throughout the New Testament. He literally received the engraved tablets of the law from God. Moses received the law. The scribes and Pharisees are qualified to teach the people so long as they faithfully sit 
in his seat. They are simply to say what he said. If they start doing anything else, they vacate the seat of Moses. And in that case, they're usurping the teacher role for themselves. And as a result, tie up heavy burdens, Jesus says, and don't lift a finger to move them. So there are two things in this really packed passage this morning that I'd like to take a look at. First, the idea of who your real teacher is. And second, this idea of tying up heavy burdens and what might move them and how the law of God is actually supposed to work. So first, Jesus could not be more clear here about who your real teacher is, right? It's not described in the Pharisees, at least not to the extent that they're changing or adding to God's law as revealed through Moses. He says it three times. Y'all aren't the teachers. One, you're not called to be rabbi, you're students. Two, don't let anyone call you father here on earth. You have one father, the one in heaven. Three, you're not to be called instructor because the Messiah is your instructor. Jesus is being super clear about your role and mine about our position, we are receivers, not producers. We don't generate the message, we repeat it. God's word, and this metaphor is feeling more and more tortured the more I use it. It sounded good when I was writing the sermon, it's a little wobbly right now. God's word is the point at which the internet enters your house. The church And everyone in it, including the pastors, teachers, and the preacher, we're just those little Wi-Fi repeater boxes that spread the signal around the house so that it can be heard clearly in every room. The problem comes in when the people who are supposed to be those Wi-Fi repeater boxes, simply sitting on the seat of Moses, like the scribes and Pharisees should have been, and repeating what God's word says, The problem comes in when the peoples who are supposed to be repeaters get it into their head that they know better. That they know what God must really have meant. Or, as it goes in our day, they know what Jesus was really all about. Now, it's perfectly true that Jesus' teaching was thousands of years ago and thousands of miles away. And the teaching of the Old Testament is even further removed from us. That makes it also true that we sometimes need to work to explain its meaning to people for whom it seems quite foreign. But we are not called to change it or to suggest that Jesus really meant something other than what he said. We are simply making sure that people who are so far away in so many ways can hear it. It's when we start changing things or adding or taking away that we start tying up heavy burdens on people. In Mark chapter 7, we see an example of what Jesus is talking about when he accuses the scribes and Pharisees of this kind of burdening. Jesus' disciples are eating, but they're doing so without taking part in the purification ritual. They haven't, in other words, properly washed their hands. And the Pharisees object. These disciples, they say, 
they must have not actually realized what they were saying as they make this accusation, are not walking according to the tradition of the elders, but are eating with defiled hands. But you see what's happened, right? They're not making reference back to the law of God. They're just accusing the disciples of not following the traditions of the elders. Jesus makes the accusation explicit. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. This kind of thing is perhaps most clearly seen in our own day in the contemporary abuse of the commandment to love. We reject the commandment of God in order to establish our own tradition. We throw away the definition of love that God gives us, and we define it for ourselves. To love someone, we are told, does not consist of telling them the truth in love, as Jesus actually commands us, but instead means affirming them in whatever they might be doing. It means accepting every potentially self-destructive self-identification they can come up with. It means allowing them, sometimes even encouraging them, to cripple themselves eternally for a twisted kind of peace temporally. I saw a cartoon just this week which depicted Jesus saying to a group of what were clearly supposed to be evangelical Bible teachers, Jesus, quote, The difference between you and me is that you use scripture to determine what love means, and I use love to determine what scripture means. This is us getting up out of the seat of Moses. This is us being rabbis, fathers, and teachers. This is us taking for ourselves the role that Jesus clearly reserves for himself. You are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher. You are all students. And call no one your father on earth. You have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. You are not to decide for yourselves, Jesus is saying, based on some exterior criterion, even one that sounds so good as love, what God's word means. This cartoon is exactly backwards. You, Jesus is saying here, are to be that repeater box. You take God's word, the scriptures, and you use it to define everything else. You take what God has said and spread it to every corner of the house. Just before he ascended into heaven after his resurrection, Jesus instructed his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We are 
witnesses. We say what we saw. We pass on what we heard. We teach what he taught. We announce what he accomplished. And one of the reasons that becoming a teacher in our own right is so tempting is that it allows us to teach what we think is a more palatable message. Telling the gathered crowd at your Thanksgiving table or your co-worker at the water cooler or the guy who spots for you at the gym that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, and that no one comes to the Father but by Him and that any other belief is putting your eternal soul in jeopardy, that's terrifying. Better to say something about how all roads followed faithfully lead to the divine. That's safe. But that is not love. That is not truth. That is not the way. It's not the message we've been given. And therefore, it cannot be what we pass on to the far corners of the house. The message we've been tasked with proclaiming is the truth about Jesus Christ. And this is the counterintuitive tragedy. This putting ourselves in the place of the teacher and trying to make Jesus more palatable. This is what is binding up heavy burdens on people. It's a heavy burden because it leaves them in their sin. This is what Jesus means when he says that the scribes and Pharisees don't lift a finger to move the burden they've created. They have given people bad news and don't have any good news to offer them. When we, and this is the last time I think I swear, when we turn off the Wi-Fi repeater boxes and start to proclaim a message of our own, one that substitutes the rules of men for the law of God, or uses some self-defined quote-unquote love to decide what God's word does or doesn't mean. We think we're doing it, if only subconsciously, to lighten people's burden, to make it easier. But the opposite is true. We are actually giving them the ultimate burden the requirement of self-salvation, the job of self-savior. If Jesus isn't the only way, then you have to be the way. Conversely, when we just stay on Moses' seat and simply repeat again and again, week by week, day by day, hour by hour, what God has actually said, then no one can possibly think that they need or could ever save themselves. Anyone who truly hears the law of God will know that self-salvation is impossible. Moses preaching the law of God drives sinners to their knees and forces them to call out for the one, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who can save them. And his promise? He talks about a burden. He says that his yoke is easy and that his burden is light. Jesus' disciples 
those first disciples in the early church and his disciples gathered in this room this morning, Jesus' disciples announce what he has said. That people are great sinners, but that he has come to save. So let us be faithful to this call. We are not rabbis. We are not fathers. We are not teachers. We are sinners in need of a savior. We are, as Martin Luther put it, desperate beggars, showing other beggars where to find bread. And we find it in the actual word of God, not changed, not added to, not subtracted from, even in the parts that make us wince, even in the parts that challenge our self-made definitions of love. Because there is, in fact, real love. There is true love. There is eternal love. A love to which we are witnesses. A love about which we have a proclamation to the world. This is love, God's word says. Not that you loved God, but that he loved you and gave himself for you. The perfect righteousness of your sinless Savior, Jesus Christ, given on the cross to you. All your sin laid on his capable shoulders. And what was his announcement there? It is finished. You in him are made new. And this is the word of the Lord. Amen.